The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to episode 135 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the noise of the North, Dan Alamano, here to bring you your bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine. Happy February, and we have a great episode for you today. Episodes, actually, as this will be kind of a two-parter that I have dubbed Kneeboard Mania 2020. That's right. This episode will feature two top kneeboarders, Tom Cole and John Hale, talking about their journeys and love for the sport. And in the following episode, we get to sit down with an absolute kneeboarding legend, Toad Water Sports legend, Teddy B. Ted Bevilacqua. I know my podcast tends to focus on wakeboarding a lot of times, but let me tell you guys something. When it comes to Toad Water Sports, I see no colors. I love Toad Water Sports in all shapes and sizes. We have so much history in this industry, and I feel so lucky that I have a platform to share with all of you guys. So we're going to do it my way. But before we get into all that, you guys know I try to provide you with quality content on a bi-weekly basis and ask for nothing in return. But if you ever wanted to give something back, you could always help this podcast gain exposure by listening and sharing the Golden Mike podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. While you're there, feel free to leave a five-star review if you haven't already. You can also listen to all the episodes on my website, noiseofthenorth.com. If you're active on social media, you can like the Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook. We have a page there and follow me personally on Instagram at Dano T. Mano. I have a Twitter page at the Golden underscore Mike. Don't really use that too much, but check it out because sometimes we post some Golden Mike news. And if I do post something that you do like, why not share it with all of your friends and family? The more exposure we get for the show, the more exposure we get for the sport. Speaking of exposure, I can't wait for you guys to hear my conversation with professional kneeboarders Tom Cole and John Hale. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that these guys are two of the biggest kneeboard superstars 
in the world today. Tom is a lifelong toad water sports enthusiast, not unlike myself, who fell in love with kneeboarding. And John is actually a cable operator at the Orlando Water Sports Complex, which most of you guys know is basically the epicenter of all things cable or wake park. John grew up here in Florida. Uh, Working at the cable park has given John the platform to do some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen performed on the water, period. Uh, not just on a kneeboard. You guys are really in for a treat. We'll be back with my interview with Tom and John right here on the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Oh, yeah. So I know we have a lot of kneeboarders and a lot of general toad water sports enthusiasts listening today, and I'm sure you guys already know that no company offers a deeper catalog of products out there for all you fun havers than O'Brien. O'Brien Water Sports offers kneeboards, wakeboards, water skis, tubes, and basically anything you can tie behind a boat, and they even have the ropes to help you do it. For a full look at their product catalog, head over to O'Brien.com, and while you're there, find a local dealer and stay up to date with the latest O'Brien news. That website, again, is O'Brien.com, O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Check them out today baby presented by sea deck marine products it's the golden mike podcast with the noise of the north dano the mano all right all right everybody what's up we are here it's kneeboard mania i guess you can consider this hopefully um, episode part one of two here um i'm excited that for the first time in many, many years, I've got a few kneeboard-specific athletes here on the podcast. You guys might remember the last time the legendary, the other Mano, Frankie Pano, was a guest here on the, the Golden Mic. But today, I've got two of the top names in the world of kneeboard action. Tom Cole, all the way from Minnesota, and John Hale from right here in Orlando. Tom, what's up, man? Oh, not too much. I'm glad to be here down in beautiful Claremont, Florida, sitting on the lake. Yeah, John Hale in the house. John, what's up, brother? Um, before we before we go into it real quick, uh, congratulations, because here we are, what, uh, two weeks after you receiving a pretty prestigious award in the world of, uh, of kneeboarding. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I got the uh, Ambassador Award for the USA Water Ski. Very honored to have received that for the second year in a row, so... I want to thank everyone involved with that, and uh, thanks for the recognition. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, very, very cool. So so what ex- what exactly is the Ambassador Award? Um, the Ambassador Award um, is basically just someone that's been um, pushing the sport and helping getting the word out about kneeboarding and trying to help grow the sport, which we're all trying to do, and I'm trying to push others to help show uh, share that love with others. Very good, man. Well, you're doing, you're doing an awesome job with that. Um, I'm loving it. I saw uh, recently um, you've you've started uh, you've put your foot in the podcast pond, so to say, uh, a little kneeboard podcast. Uh, you know, is this it's the is it your show? Is it you and Tom's show? What tell me a little bit about the the new podcast? So it's uh it's technically my show. Uh, it's called the John Hill Podcast. We've uh, done we've filmed four episodes, and currently two of them have worked. Uh, the other two, uh, we've had problems with the audio not working whenever we uh, screen record, but uh, it's uh, definitely uh, 
a work in progress. We're trying to get more episodes out. So anyone that wants to be on it, if you're listening, feel free to reach out. Let's kind of get the um, the story going, and um, I want to start with you, John, and and just kind of a quick overview of how long you've been involved in the sport and how you got involved in the sport. Well, it all started when I was uh, six years old. I was very fortunate to have grown up on a lake, and my uh, whole family was involved with water sports. My brother was a barefooter, oldest sister was a water skier, and the other ones, uh, my other older sister and younger sister, tend to like get on a kneeboard or wakeboard from time to time. Any notable names, like in our uh, industry? N- nobody that anyone would recognize. They're they're legends to me, but <laughs> no one listening would probably know who they are. Um, but. Um, yeah, so my uh, dad got me involved with water sports. He got me up on a kneeboard, and uh, basically I fell in love with it uh, immediately. And it wasn't much long after that, my dad got me a uh, VHS VHS tape uh, called Air Assault. And for anyone that's watched this movie, it's the best kneeboard movie that's ever come out, period, end of discussion. Like before, <laughs> like, 1995 or just of it, all time? It, I, it, I want to say it was 99, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 97. So I would have been around 11 years old at the time. And I watched this movie, and there was double front flips, double back rolls, and people busting air rolls off those, doing 900s. My mind was blown. So, so, so when was it that you, uh, like, year-wise, when did you kind of get involved with, with kneeboarding? So um, I was also, like, right place, right time. Um, I, I knew I wanted to be a kneeboarder when I watched that uh, video. But years later, we found out that there was a, um, a kneeboard clinic in our same town, which there's not really kneeboard clinics anywhere. And, and where are you from? A small town called uh, Lake Placid, Florida. Okay. So I was um, watching a Christmas parade in our town, and there's a bunch of kids on a skateboard. So a skateboard, and then there's a kneeboard on top of it, and they're being towed behind the car during the Christmas parade. And I was like, oh, I want to be a part of that. So <laughs> we we got a hold of those people. We found out where they were, and uh, yeah, then and uh, who they were got, were they like a part of like a local kneeboard club or anything like that? Uh, the uh, club's called the uh, Skiani Board Team. And uh, they're involved with uh, nationals and international contests and state contests. So they're really involved with uh, trying to grow the sport of kneeboarding. Tom, you, you have a little bit of a, of a different um, story. And yeah. uh, tell us, and obviously you're still living up there in the Midwest. So tell us about um, how you got involved um, with, with the sport, um, your involvement over the years, and uh, kind of uh, what, what you're up to now. Sure. So my dad grew up on a lake just north of the Twin Cities, uh, just north of St. Paul, Minneapolis, um, called Turtle Lake. It was almost like an urban lake where it wasn't real far out in the country, um, so it was a pretty popular lake. And um, he, my my grandma was actually the one who was the, like the water skier in our family. So when I when I was young, the boat that we skied behind was my grandma's boat. Which you recall what that was at all? Oh yeah, we still have it. It's a sixteen foot seven. Uh, 167 Glastron with a 120 Evinrude. Oh, yeah, kind of like a James Bond boat. Oh, yeah, it was the James Bond boat. I mean, my dad, like, that was his pride and joy for so long. So third-generation third skier. Yeah, and so now my kids are fourth-generation skiers, which is pretty amazing to me. So the, 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 the original, like, story was that my grandmother learned how to water ski in a road ditch on the farm she lived on in Iowa. Now... That was always the rumor, but she would always deny it because she's a 
grandma and like too modest, you know, to admit it. But that was always the rumor. And then my dad was the one, well, one kid of the four that really got into water skiing. Okay, and then, I got to ask you about grandma here. Yeah. Just uh, an idea. Do you have any kind of clue, like what year she she learned how to to ski? Well, I mean, the wait, water skiing was nineteen. 22, 23, yeah, right? Was when yep. started. Um, in nineteen fifty, she had a family already, so it had to be like thirties or forties. Interesting. And, and if, now, if the rumor's true, you were you saying know? you said she learned in Iowa, or did she? Yeah, she was. They they moved up from Iowa. They lived in Bancroft, Iowa, okay, on a farm. The, just interesting for any of my listeners who don't know. And you mentioned that water skiing, you know, that dates back to nineteen twenty-two. It also. Yeah. Um, you know, is said to have uh, originated in Minnesota. Yeah, in Lake City, right? Almost to Iowa. Like yeah. Very southern part of Minnesota is where, it, the you know, the first water ski. Well, so I don't know if maybe she'd, maybe Grandma would uh, come across like Ra- uh, yeah, Ralph Samuelson. Ra- like, I believe that's Yeah, Ralph Samuelson, yeah. So, okay, so back to the story here with uh, how, how you so, all got involved. So dad, in- dad was a water skier. Um, and what level? Was, just recreational. He could barefoot off of a kneeboard. He could throw a mean slalom cut, you know, but it was still, it was behind our, our 84 Glastron with a bridle, you know, just old school. We got the bridle on the back of the boat. We're just out with our big, I remember going to the lake with the styrofoam cooler and just sitting out on the lake and just skiing back and forth, kneeboarding, slalom skiing, trick skiing. Two ski tricks ski and you know just kind of having fun. And this was and, and and you guys weren't um, affiliated at this point with so, any three eventing or show skiing no, or anything. No, we weren't doing it. We was just recreational. Um, and so I learned how to kneeboard. That was the first thing, like right before kindergarten. So it's probably like five. And then um, the next year we learned a little bit more, and the next year a little bit more. And I remember being like eight or nine years old, probably. And my dad, like I said, he was barefooting off a kneeboard, and he flagged down this pro star who was pulling this little kid, not little kid, he was a big kid to me, he was probably like 13 or 14, trying to teach him how to barefoot off well, a he kneeboard. Well, he could have been a young big kid, right? Yeah, he was, he was, you know, but to me as a, a seven or eight year old, like, those big kids that were really good at sports, they were cool, man. And uh, so he was trying to learn how to barefoot off a kneeboard, and... I was already slalom skiing a little bit, um, but not a ton. And come full circle, this is I'm talking about Chad Beekler, who's now you know kind of one of the really, really good water skiers of Central Minnesota. Yeah, and he, and he had his he had his time. He was a professional skier. I know Chad yeah. uh, from down in Orlando. In fact, Chad won the second Feet on Fire South. He's a he's yeah, a beast. Maybe the man. third. Maybe he won the third year. I don't know. He, yep. he won second or third year, but yeah, he's a beast. Oh, you, he you, is. By looking at him, you so, would never think that the yeah. guy is as talented as he and is. And on a wakeboard, it's on it's insane. Yeah. So, but it um, he, my dad kind of helped him, gave him some tips to get him up barefooting on a kneeboard. And this is what I remember. Maybe Chad's story is different. I don't know. Um, and I remember him saying. My dad said, when I can learn how to barefoot, I can join the Bald Eagle Water Ski Shows. And that was a club that was right up the road from us, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes up the road. And to me, that was like, that just hit a switch. And I was like, whoa, I could be in a club? Like, that just blew my mind. Now, were you familiar with, like, water ski shows at that Mm-mm. time as a kid? Um, we went and saw them once, even younger, when they hosted the state 
championships even closer, like five minutes down the road from us on this little lake called Island Lake. They, they even the pro tour went through there. I think for sure. For oh yeah. And stuff. Yep. So there was a uh, a show ski event there, but I I didn't even really. The one thing I remember from that show ski event was, and this is funny because I was probably like five or six. How big the waves were coming in on the shore. That's what I remember. <laughs> and I remember like a pirate ship. I think they were like Captain Hook or I don't know, whatever, Peter Pan. But so Chad learned, Chad told me that. And I was like, oh my God, I got to learn how to barefoot. Then I can be in a ski club too. So two and a half years later, when I was 11 in August is when I, maybe it was late July, either way, was when I learned how to barefoot. And that was the, that was the first like really passionate thing that really hooked me hard. Like, I was doing the kneeboard thing. I was doing the slalom ski thing, and they were fun. But you were doing it recreationally. Yeah, and it was all recreation. And then barefooting hit, and then the show ski thing hit, and I got running with these show ski guys, and they really, I mean, it's funny how people, you meet up with, you meet running into new people, and they just push you so hard sure. to like go to the next level, and you don't even realize at the time, you're just having fun. And so it was like barefooting, 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 and then like the next summer, I learned just about every front words trick at a 12-year-old kid but were could you, learn. Were, now, is this, was this, what was behind it all? Because, you know, for me growing up, um, you know, I knew as a show skier, because I grew up with the Aquanuts yep. and Twin Lakes, that one day I would be competing with the ski club. And yep. so I was trying to hone my skills for that. You know, nowadays I look back and I'm, I, you know, and I think back up, upon it and like, I don't really care about awards or anything. Like mm -hmm. to me, it's like, I like to, what, what did it for me when I was a show skier was like, getting people to smile, clap, mm -hmm. appreciate what I was doing, maybe inspire others. But I didn't know that, you know, until yeah. I was probably 25, 30 probably, years old. You it's know? the same thing. It was just, to me, it was just so fun to be there and to be around all of the people in the club. Were you guys competing at all? Or? No, we didn't compete. We just did, and this is where the showmanship comes in. We just went to show uh, to little towns all around Minnesota and did – a water ski show for their weekend summer festival uh, like Glenwood Minnesota has waterama days and that's a really big deal up there and they have 5,000 10,000 20,000 people at this show along this mile and a half shoreline watching the ski show and that's part of their 50 year or whatever how long tradition Absolutely. and so we go to we road trip to these towns we'd go camp and for me, it was, I want to be in as many acts as I can be right. in because I just love skiing so much. So I was doing human ski. I was doing barefoot, junior barefoot line. I was doing a kneeboard act. I was doing flag line. And just, I mean, it just kept building and building. And then next thing I know, I'm jumping. I'm doing barefoot pyramids. I'm, you know, kind of doing everything. I went back and I found out that the American Kneeboard Association was started in the early 80s by by four guys and i like look through the the history books and it's you know and it seems like a lot of the a lot of people who are involved which honestly you like look at it that's 30 you know less than 40 years old yeah. and you know it's relatively mm -hmm. new but um it, can you tell me a little bit about the history of of the american kneeboard association competitive kneeboarding where where it's been where it's gone and where it's where it's going and obviously like right now i know that it's 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 not where it once was, but there are a lot of guys like you who are at the forefront, forefront right now who are really pushing hard to make this happen. I think that's what the sport needs. So tell me a little bit about what you know. 
Um, so, I mean, I know a little bit of history about uh, the contest side of things. Um, I think the uh, four founders, uh, and I, I might be butchering this, but I want to say it was like Doris Rohner, George Rohner, Chuck Purdy, and uh, maybe might have been Lonnie Marchand. Yep, very um, close, at yeah, least, so from it, what it, I remember I, reading I, yesterday. It, it, if they're not the actual founders, they, they've all, like, done a lot for the sport. Um, I can say that, like... Um, I know that we've had like, you know, slalom contests where buoys would line up in a straight line and you go left and right around them. That was uh, before I got into it. But um, when I when I started kneeboarding, there was contests where th there was just a standard slalom contest where you would go around like a slalom course, you know, on a kneeboard. And there's uh, four events um, total now. So there's flip out. Uh, which is how many flips you can do in 10 seconds, I believe. There's tricks, which is kind of like your trick ski runs, which you'd get like certain amount of points for, you know, certain tricks. So a back roll would be 400 points and a front flip would be 450, so on and so forth. Uh, there was a slalom event, which uh, I covered, and the freestyle. And the freestyle was always my favorite. It was basically just an expression session. You would just go out there and you would just like try to impress the judges, try and do something. That Maybe was... stuff that's not in specifically in the book. Exactly. You would I you, you could do something in the your contest run that wasn't you know approved or had a point value. You would just go out there and I think it, if you did something like really big and clean and grab like you get more you get more credit for doing something really well, impressive than here's here's the deal and we can and we can, and maybe you can talk about this like talking about competition and this is and this goes to like trick skiing as well and this is why wakeboarding made the change you have a certain amount of time okay well sure you can probably get six tricks in at 20 second pass right yeah if you shorten your rope up to 50 feet yeah and you just focus on being fast and sloppy right exactly you know so and 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 there's no question that you – there's no way you're going to be able – if you're riding a 65, 75-foot line, that you're going to be able to go wake to wake as many times as the guy riding the 45-foot yeah, line. and I can tell you from, like, experience, you'd see someone, like, riding a 75-foot line, and they would be doing, like, double back rolls, and it would be so impressive, but somebody doing, like, wake 360s really fast back and forth would annihilate them in these contests because – you know, it was just point value. So where do you stand on the point value versus the subjectivity uh, when it comes to judging? So, like, I, I would rather watch a uh, freestyle run than a uh, trick pass. Um, that's just me, per se. And then I know people disagree with me, but I, you know, I, I get something out of, like, I got inspired from aerosol, which was basically just people doing really big, really clean stuff. And it wasn't really like a, like a speed con <clears throat> excuse me, like a speed contest, like how fast can you do a, a lot of basic stuff. So for me, I really enjoyed the the freestyle contest. Tell me a little bit about where um, where the kneeboard scene is competitively right now and then also like, I don't know, like recreationally. So uh, recreationally, I can tell you that there's a lot of people that do it and it seems to be growing. Um, on a, the contest scene, it's really been struggling. Um, I can say, tell you that like sometimes we don't even have nationals or any contests the entire year. So I know they're trying to figure things out. And they're, And when you say they, but who are they? Um, just uh, people that are involved with uh, kneeboard contests like the, the uh, US, uh, American Kneeboard Association. Um, they are interested in growing the competitive side of kneeboarding. 
um, but they struggle with getting people involved with it to like bring them into a, a nationals event. And I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things where I can see it, it growing. I just think that it's uh, it's really struggling right now. It's just they're really trying to get numbers in. John, I feel like you um, over the last few years have been the guy in kneeboarding. You know, I, I feel like there was a, a moment where Frankie Pano came back and really took the torch and helped put kneeboarding back on the map. And then over the last few years, I feel like you've been the guy who's been consistently out there, the guy who's been talked about. And a lot of that um, is, is due to your visibility in the sport and your creativity in the sport and uh, the fact that you have the opportunity to do some gnarly stuff. <laughs> um, you work at the Orlando Water Sports Complex, OWC. It's um, borderline the most recognized cable in the world. You've, how long have you been working there? I've been working there for, I want to say, let's see here. I want to say it's almost 10 years, probably nine years now. What is working at OWC done for you um, within the sport? You know, I'm not ne- I'm not necessarily saying like cur- like career-wise, but as far as like passion and sport-wise, like what has that helped you to be able to do? It's uh, really uh, reinvigorated kneeboarding for me because for, you know, I, I would, you know, go and do like, you know, my standard run, you know, and I would really get into the contest and then like when my passion for like contest started like dying out a little bit, I would uh, just go to the skate park because it was a cheap way for me to go, you know, and ride. And I would just like hang out with a bunch of people that are really passionate about, you know, anything, whether it was wakeboarding or wake skating or whatever they were doing out there. And they would really be passionate about like riding rails. So that's something that kind of like I draw and drew an interest to. So it was a lot of fun, like being able to kind of experiment with what I could do out on a, a cable park where... I would not only have ramps, but I'd also have like rails to play around with or different setups. And what about earning the, the I feel like you are a guy who, you, you probably showed up at the cable, because I used to, and, and I can say this from my own personal experiences. When I first came to Orlando, I showed up at the cable with my friends, I'm going to name drop, Parks Bonifay and Eric Ruck. And I walked into the cable and they walked in with their with their wakeboards and I walked in with a pair of shoe skis. <laughs> You know, yeah. and nobody nobody could really say much to me because I walked in with Parks and Ruck, yeah. right? Yeah. But now I went back without Parks and Ruck. Okay, now I'm the kook riding around the cable on shoe skis, right? Did anyone call you out? Oh, always, always. Yeah. But I stayed true to what I loved and what I enjoyed. Nobody yep. else was doing it. It was cool, and and eventually, others started trying it. Adam Arrington went out, learned gainers off the ramp. And people are like, wow, that's cool. You know, it's like, oh, it's not. We're not trying to change and whatever, but I gained the mutual respect. Um, now, I don't. I want to. I don't know when you gain that mutual respect from the riders because you have it. When when you're down there, <laughs> they res- they do respect you. I've been to the cable. I they listen to you. They care. Um, they interact with you. You go out. You film. They film you. Um, when did that? When did that mutual respect happen with you, John? And then, and and my guess would be, the day that you hit the safety on that gnarly rail at Odub and booted like a like a forty foot gap, inverted and like landed on the downside of a rail. But if you would have missed it by a half inch, you would have been dead. So that that's actually a funny story. That was um, that was at a terminus uh, on the uh, raft rail. We all uh, went up there for a um, we were having a boat contest the following day. 
Um, but we all went up there, decided we were all just going to ride the cable. The kneeboard, you're like a kneeboard yeah. crew. Yeah. So Who, was, who's the kneeboard crew? It was me, Jordan Adcock, Spencer Leggett, all, all of which are legends in kneeboarding. Um, and we all are just there having fun, you know, seeing what we could do on the cable and, you know, filming each other back and forth. And the day was winding down and uh, the place was about to close down. I think we probably had uh, maybe an hour, an hour and a half left. And I was like looking at all this different stuff, and I was like, I probably shouldn't hit something like that. I probably hurt myself. And well, describe what describe what you're looking at. So um, the uh, raft rail is a uh, it's a two rail feature with a box in the middle. Um, the rail had has a safety on both sides that Can are. Can you kind of like talk what a safety is? Uh, so a safety is a uh, like straight up. It's I, I wouldn't say it's straight up, but it's nearly straight up. Uh, ramp that it's intended to ollie over so but it's there for it's there for wakeboarders to ollie over and i i I'd imagine in case in, in case you you catch your in case you don't ollie high enough you catch your nose on it at least you're bo- you're you're not going to get caught on the rail you're just going to ex- get bumped. exactly because if you didn't have that safety there it would just be a, a straight wall and you would you know just smash into a straight wall and you don't want that so yeah exactly or so, or it would just be like in the old <laughs> days when you just ollied up and it was just like a 2 by 4 or whatever yeah, exactly. you know? so, so so we were um, out there riding and i had done this on uh, previous safeties before but the, nothing nearly as big or as steep as this and my goal was okay i could probably just hit this and front roll as hard as I could, like moving towards the right of it, and I would just stay clear of all the rails. The key is to hang on to the handle. Yeah, exactly. So I was uh, edging into it, and I hit the safety, flipped, and I had my friend uh, Jordan filming while we were doing this, and the cable was pulling me towards the rail, and I was like, oh, that I don't, I don't want that. I'm going to have to edge harder. So I kept edging harder, and it kept pulling me towards the rail, and... My friend, uh, it was either Jordan or Spencer at the time, were like looking at it and like rewatching the video and like telling me like you might be able to land on that rail if you uh, don't edge quite as hard. And I watched the video and I was like, you know, why not? I- I'm here anyway. Might as well try it. So I gave it a probably. I-, I might be butchering the number, but I want to say I tried it probably like a dozen times, trying to get this thing. And I would get on the rail and like just get smoked off the other side right. of it but uh the was, videos are insane and they're out there right people can watch oh yes stuff? you can uh watch them on youtube you can uh go to www.youtube.com forward slash john hale h-a-i-l-e and you can also see me on uh, instagram at uh john hale hey hey i wanted to take a second to talk to you guys about wake responsibly now i know this episode has been all about kneeboarding it's kneeboard mania baby but Wake Responsibly is a message that translates to all towed water sports. Please be mindful of other boaters, riders, and most importantly, homeowners. Ensure that you're doing your part by educating others to minimize repetitive passes. Keep your music at reasonable levels and stay a safe 200 feet away from shorelines and docks. Head over to wakeresponsibly.com to take the Wake Responsibly compliance exam and impress all of your friends with your perfect score. It's common sense. They'll even send you a sticker free of charge that you can put on your boat to remind others to wake responsibly as well. Another way to help is be proactive and talk to your local boat dealers and community leaders to have wake responsibly signs put up at your local boat launches this summer, your ski clubs, your cable parks. Whether you're a kneeboarder, a wakeboarder, or a water skier, this initiative 
initiative is something we can all agree on. So now let's get back to the boys here on Kneeboard Mania. One of the videos that John did that I thought was really, really awesome, it's actually kind of a longer video, I, I, I think, and uh, I, I just watched it a couple of days ago preparing for this and um tom this kind of refers to you this is a a a, a vlog kind of a, a a video blog that um john did for a trip where he came up uh to minnesota and met with you and uh, a bunch of the other top kneeboards and you guys did like a bit of a road trip you guys hit a, a huge event in in minnesota um i know it was in 2018 but i know that um through conversations tom you were telling me that um, you guys, like you and uh, and and John and a handful of the top kneeboards in the world, come together just about every summer now and yep. put together so, this trip. So tell me a little bit about that stuff. So in 2017, we had the Riders Cup down here in Orlando, and that was like, that was kind of like one of the. I, 15, we did a little photo shoot deal um, in Georgia, uh, and that was a blast, and I loved it. And then 17, we did the Riders' Cup, and we came down here, and I came down for that, and that was England and Australia and the U.S., and I had a blast. So who are the riders? Who are the well, guys? Who's we're, the we're getting there. We're okay, getting there. Cool. So this was Riders' Cup was 2017, and it was a riot, and we met a ton. I met a ton of people from all over the world and made a lot of really cool friends, this, this passion thing, right? That I So Riders' Cup's about. a kneeboard yeah. event? So that's it's our a, worlds. It's, it's Technically, it's kneeboard worlds, quote-unquote, and it happens once every four years or so. Give or take, depending on interest. Yep. yep, and so I came down for that because, hey, that's cool. I should go do it. Um, one of my friends from Minnesota, Kurt um, Schmelzer, he, he's the, he was at the at the time, the AKA president, he asked me, hey, you should come down to this. So I came down, had a blast doing it, and left going, God, I got to do this again next year, somehow, some way. So in about December or January that same year, I put a mass Facebook social media thing out to all of these guys that came that I was buddies up, buddied up with last year and said, hey, next year, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to do it at my house. You're all coming up. We're going to, you're going to stay the week. We're going to road trip we're gonna we're gonna do everything we're just gonna kneeboard and in that conversation that we started having with all these guys we kind of came up with like a little comp and we called it wake the lakes and um so we had like a two-day kind of a two-day comp and the days before that um we did we road tripped out to west rock and the quarry up in up in my neck of the woods yeah. up there in illinois yep so we road tripped out there for a couple days we did some kind of goofy fun day where we just uh, went and shred, um, like we we set up a kicker alongside a alongside some falling down trees, and we were jumping over the trees, and we just kind of had fun doing. Like we just we just got a bunch of the guys together and just had a kneeboard week, and uh, that was so fun. And we got two guys to come up from Australia for that. So we had I think we had 19 riders actually in the event um, that came and competed at the event, and so that was a. We had a practice day Friday. We had a, a freestyle day Saturday, and then Sunday we had like a we called it the just gonna send it comp, and we just went out with us. And that was even smaller. That was only like five or six of us. That was just kind of you know Jordan, Spencer, Steven, Ch Channel, uh, John, me, and then uh, Brandon was there. I think. And we just went and just we wanted to film the gnarliest things to happen on a kneeboard in this in our era of 2019s, 
you know. Sure. And well, uh, you guys made you, some crazy stuff. I was gonna say you guys did did an awesome job, and it was so cool. Like watching yep. the video that 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 you put out, John. You could see everybody pushing each other and the double flips mm-hmm. popping out. And um, I don't know who it was who um, who who you know goes out and you guys are, are working with each other I, I, back when i was a kid they called it the invert i don't know what they call it now but it's you cut in at the wake and you pop into reverse oh, it was uh, adam yancey did that invert and it was his yeah. first time landing <laughs> the invert right yeah, yeah. He, he just learned it yeah. on that yeah, trip, on yeah. that trip. Yeah. it was yeah. on that it was trip. really really cool so i was going to ask you john who who are who are like the players right now in in, in kneeboarding and uh, you know like i've been to the usa water ski awards and i'm Super, um, you know, honored to be friends with Elisa Piper, and I know on the women's side she's been pushing it for, for a long, long time. Um, but uh, along with Elisa, who are some of the other players right so, now? So there's a lot, and I'm I'm not going to be able to b- mention everybody. But if I don't mention you, just know I'm thinking about you. Uh, Elisa's definitely one. She's doing so much for the sport. She's uh, doing a lot of grassroots stuff with the AKA to like really try and get people involved in the uh, local area about kneeboarding. She also podiumed at Thigh High Surf Series last oh, year. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she can what, surf. That's awesome. Congrats, Elisa. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, Elisa's really doing a lot. She's really you know sh- uh, sharing the passion. Frankie's doing the same. Tom is doing the same. Ted. Um, there's so many people to mention. Uh, Jared Bolin. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are really Tom. Can you think of anybody offhand? The the ones that stand out to me for the last like four or five years, I think would be because I thought about this too, is like Adrian Mias in Australia, uh, Stephen Hostler is Australia, uh, Shane Channon is Australia, um, and then in the states we got John and Spencer and Jordan. So uh, Spencer Spencer Leggett and Jordan Jordan Adcock. Right. Uh, John Hale and myself. Um, any who? Uh, uh, Stephen Hosler. Yeah, I said him from uh, Australia. Yeah. And then uh, there's a couple guys from England um, that haven't been. I haven't seen as much from them social media wise, but I know they do a bunch of. Uh, gra- they like England has a really cool community of like a kneeboard club that does competitions like kind of all over Europe. Honestly, yeah. they do a bunch in in the UK, and then I think they go to like. Italy for one and so that's like Ryan Davis and Rachel Davis and then um, Ellis Jason Ellis Jason Ellis yep um, he's got a famous uh, radio show too right so those are kind of the some of the ones um, Ian what's Ian's uh, Ian Mond What's Ian? I don't remember Ian's last name. Well, let me let me ask you guys. So that's kind of like the big names that stand out to me. Let me ask Um, you with all these with all these names and and obviously YouTube and these opportunities for people to be able to see what you guys are doing and and what mm -hmm. you're pushing and being able. You know, I'm a trick skier, but I watch wakeboarding and that's what inspires me, John. I know as a kneeboarder, you are inspired by wakeboarding, Tom. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. One thing we we are going to touch on here in a minute is is um your wakeboard inspired creativity oh, stuff man. that i've yeah. seen yeah, yeah. Y- y- you know what i mean but like what's what's new what's cutting edge in kneeboarding what's happening right now that's 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 pushing this sport to you know 2020 well i mean a lot's changed you know now we have like you can broadcast this out to anybody via podcast or youtube or instagram there's so many ways to basically spread the love of uh kneeboarding or any war sport for that matter that it i think people should really uh jump on that it's you know 
It'll what, help the sport. One thing that I think is is a big that is the biggest backer I think we have is the actual companies that build the knee boards because in the last I will call it ten years, um, give or take. We have seen a lot of new kneeboards and a lot of new kneeboard technology that has come out. Tell me a little bit about the technology in a kneeboard because you look at it, you look at it, it's like what more can you really do? So you know, in the you know in the '90s it was roto molded plastic and then compression molded fiberglass with a foam core and they were like almost like a kind of like a standard wakeboard where a traditional wakeboard where it doesn't flex. Right. And now we have sandwich construction wood based boards. O'Brien's making these. HO's making these wood-based boards too. Um, I mean, and so all of a sudden, bam, 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 we had all of these new board designs come out because the technology was developed enough to create better boards that really create a better handling, you know, make a, help us go bigger, help us land softer. And so like the Sozo and the new Enforcer, which is a, has a slider base on it, has been, they've been huge for this sport, I think. And the new pads. I mean, you remember the pads, Dan, sure. from the late oh, yeah. late eighties, early nineties. They still were a, have one. they <laughs> were a thin layer of neoprene, right? Now, now they're multi-density foam that is like a boot, you know. Well, and, and I wanted to ask you this. So. Um, I, my biggest problem with when I kneeboard is not with kneeboarding; it's when I kneeboard. And I want it, dude. Trust me, I want a kneeboard. Like, I enjoy it. I have fun going out there and just ripping it old school. I love it, but. It's the position you sit in. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I, I got to ask both of you guys, um, first you, John, what's your tip to for, for getting in the position, sitting in the position comfortable? Because for me, you, you know, I, I have I've, I've tried some of the, like the I've tried some of the um, the pads that they make now that you can kind of sit on and stuff. I have figured it out totally. I can keyboard a little bit. I'm out of shape, though, man. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? So so what's the key to to comfortably riding a kneeboard so i would suggest like if you um if you have a kneeboard in a while i'd suggest getting one of these new pads i'd suggest maybe searching for a seat there the seats right now that you can uh, kneel on you don't have to like kneel all the way down on so you can be somewhat elevated so you're not bending all the way down Uh, so right now the pads are really helping out a lot with that for people that are really struggling still even with that maybe just um, try try doing a little bit at a time and doing a little bit more and more. Um, it's all about flexibility. So if you do like yoga or anything like that, it can also help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about you? I think I think what John John kind of hit it right right on the head. For me, I'm a seasonal kneeboarder. I'll tell you what. Early June, late May, those first couple runs, it takes a little bit to get loosened up, get moving again, get those knees to really flex. But having uh, something to sit on. Um, and there's a bunch of different ones. Chad Beery makes one called the Everett Super Seat, which is essentially a slalom ball mm-hmm. that's partially inflated that either hooks to your strap or we're working on some new ways to attach Frankie's to the board. Frankie's got his. Frankie's got the panel shock if you're in Australia. Adrian makes one that's like a foam one that kind of straps to your waist. So there's a bunch of guys that are building all these different seats or these different shocks, quote unquote, to sit on. And that really helps protect your legs your calves especially if you're really going big to help protect your calves and your shins um and also help with your back and kind of just help that ride so that's a that's a big thing is you know try to find a seat if you're someone who can't ride frankie's blown out his knee like four times or something ridiculous and he's still 
with a with his pad, he's able to go ride and just and he goes shred. big. He's fifty yeah. something years old, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So yep. So Very good. I really love Spencer's pad. <laughs> the knee, yeah, Spencer's got pads too that he designs and makes too. So there's a lot of different. You just got to go online and just start searching. I mean, we got the we have Google at our fingertips. We have anything. We have you know we can yeah. find whatever we need. So, so, sure. so Tom, uh, uh, just popping back um, where we were a few moments ago, I had mentioned, um, you know, John Hale being, you know, inspired by wakeboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, I somehow stumbled upon something on your social media, um, which probably, you know, when we initially got the conversation started a few mm-hmm. months ago, and it was really cool. It was you out in the woods with a winch. Yeah. So, again meeting people and just running into people and creating these b- friendship bonds is what has always driven me to be bigger and go better so uh started running with this guy named josh tramby who's one of my brother's younger friends my younger brother's friends and we taught him how to wakeboard i was gonna say tramby's a name in in, in wakeboarding right yeah he he was a name in snowboarding who had never wakeboarded we taught him how to wakeboard and that kid just took wakeboarding for himself just it's, I mean, just straight up and really did a lot of really cool stuff. So he got involved because of snowboarding. He took his snowboarding to wakeboarding and started doing a lot of winching. And so in that and riding with him and his buddies and meeting people like that wakeboard, that's who I had to ride with was that squad. My brothers, Dan and David and Josh and Mike and all these guys that were wakeboarders, that, that's what I had to ride with. So that wakeboarding i was just that would just infused into my kneeboarding so winching became a big thing for us especially before we really had enough money for boats we were winching a lot and so um i did a we did a we built a super winch this year that um pulled 43 mile an hour barefoot starts so we barefooted through the woods this (laughs) this fall uh right before the ice came in we kind of had some rain and the rivers flooded and we were in uh, anywhere from it was anywhere from ankle deep to chest deep water, um, and we had a short rope on this winch, so we had we had about 300 feet um, to get from sitting on an e-board to barefooting to being stopped again. So uh, that was a that was a pretty wild one, but yeah, the winching thing has been a lot of fun. Whether we're barefoot winching, kneeboard winching, um, we did a backyard series where. We kind of took over our friend's backyard for the whole summer and just built rails, took them down, built more rails, took them down. We had a road. It was two ponds with a road gap. And so we were just endless creative. And so, like, Josh really went crazy again on that one. And we just kind of rode his coattails and did some crazy stuff with that. So awesome. Well, winching has been a big part for me for kneeboarding. We're going to give everybody an opportunity to uh, to find out where to, to check out all that stuff. But I wanted to kind of close out on, on one point final topic here um you know what i like about both of you guys i know that your your depth your focus in the sport is kneeboarding really mm-hmm. but like even more ultra focus on that i know that you guys um are very interested in gaining more exposure growing the sport getting more people out there um not just on a kneeboard but just anything um i'm gonna i'm gonna start with you john and and i just want to find out your visions of the future of toad water sports and kneeboarding and how you're contributing to um, make the next generation better? Ooh, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I try and uh, 
show what I love about kneeboarding to others. And I'm just hoping that others are going to see what I'm doing and be inspired to also do something similar, whether it's this, the same thing or something different. There's many ways to broadcast our sport out to the general public. And I uh, just want to encourage others to not only be involved with our sport, but to also throw that signal out to the masses. And Tom, how about you? What do you think it's going to take um, to, 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 to bring it back to maybe where you want it to be? Man, I would love to see it back to those 90s days, right, of just the popularity. And so, you know, continuing to broadcast, I think social media is one of our best tools to broadcast our passion and to share what we love. Um, our sport that we love to as many people as possible and also trying to be involved in as many things as we can I think I'm committed to continuing to build on our every year road trip or challenge um, and this year we're excited to hopefully be at to, we're planning on being at Cornfest and maybe working on a kneeboard event around Cornfest uh, around that same time frame maybe before maybe after with the local cable parks in that that Wisconsin Twin Lakes area that we're going to be. So we're really excited for that this year. And hopefully when we do that, not only are we going to have a handful of the top guys riding at Cornfest, but I'm hoping we can get as many knee boarders in one spot as we can possibly get. Yeah. Last year, we, we two, two years ago, we were up in Minnesota. Last year, we road tripped all the way from North Carolina all the way down to Orlando. And we stopped at uh, Southtown Cable Park. We stopped at Terminus Cable Park. And we stopped at Valdosa. And we met a ton of people and we actually had a group of guys that followed us from terminus down to valdosta and now we're still i know john's still riding with these guys and talking with these guys i'm still talking with them online like i think the more we can just get out there and be present doing what we love and not caring that we're not wakeboarders or we're not slalom just doing what we love to do is going to be the best way to grow what our niche of that sport is same with like what you talked about with i love your shoe skiing story you know and you went and people went what are you doing he said i don't care what i'm doing don't care who cares what i'm doing i'm just having fun you know and then you got other guys to go do it too you know and i think that's the biggest part is just holding true to what you love to do and just doing it as much as you can kind of remembering that this is all fun the reason why we all got into it is probably for most people it started kind of as a as a family thing yeah and you know Obviously, with the years we had on TV and the X Games and everything, I think sometimes maybe it gets a little bit lost and we start kind of getting lost in that rock star lifestyle and whatnot. Especially in that social media, I want to be Insta famous because I'm going to, I don't think you're going to get Insta famous in this, in this realm doing the biggest, baddest, craziest trick. You're going to get Insta famous by being consistently showing people you're having fun doing what you love. When you search, on if you push the hashtag kneeboarding on Instagram, John's Hale's face <laughs> is literally the picture that shows up. Like that's why he got that award. Because his he's literally the face of kneeboarding on Instagram right now. Because he's consistently bam, 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 putting content out there and sharing what he loves. You know? Listen, if anybody is listening right now, do and, it. Go and, on Instagram and type in John Hill. His face will come up. I, 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 kneeboarding, John Hill's face will come up. <laughs> I, I got to ask you guys. So you're here in Florida. I know you're an accessible dude. I don't. I know. You, I met your uh, wife and your kids inside, yeah. and so I don't know how accessible you are. Let's Tom, do it. But like, 
Uh, like, I want to know, like, John, like, let them know out there. If somebody is inspired and hears you or wants to come and hang with you or ride with you or get some kneeboard instruction, I'm going to start with you. Like, what like what do they do? Well, they can um, they can reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, just reach out. Message me. Um, we can work something out. Um, I'm always at the Orlando Water Sports Complex. I'm there every Wednesday afternoon. I can be there in the morning as well if they want to come out and ride with me. Or if you want to ride somewhere else, if you want to ride at Valdosta or Terminus, I can show up there as well. And, uh, and, and what about you, Tom? Please hit me up on social. I love to talk kneeboarding. I love to talk shop. Um, I love to be riding with anyone I can. I had a guy last summer hit me up to talk to me about the super seat that I use to sit on. And this summer... He's going to come out and we're going to ride. I think I'm, we're going to, he's going to fly up and we're just going to ride. Him and his son, we're just going to go out to the lake for a couple days. He's going to stay. I don't know if we're going to get a hotel. We haven't figured out the details yet, but I'm a teacher. Um, during That's my real job as a teacher. Um, and then this, you know, I got the summers off just to kneeboard. I mean, that's part of why I'm a teacher is because I just love water skiing so much. So hit me up. Let's hook up. Let's go ride. Let's talk about riding. Let's look at videos. Any way you can do it, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Uh, Instagram, my name is TKS underscore H2O. Um, and then also the Sanger, um, the Bo- Sanger Boats, their social media page, I manage that. So if you're if you're looking at Sanger Boats, you have any questions about those or you want to talk kneeboarding, hit me up there too. Very I'll, good. I'll direct you to me. So since, so. We're, since we're already right here on that subject, I'm going to let you go ahead and also drop, um, you've already dropped your, your, your social media, but uh, mm-hmm. any sponsors or shout outs you want to throw out real fast? So my first shout out is obviously to my wife and my family for continually supporting me. Thank you. I mean, my wife, Rachel, is just a saint. She's not from a water sports background at all. She just she just puts up with me and, hey, we're going to the lake every day. So I can't thank her enough for that. Um, my sponsors, you know, O'Brien Water Sports has been there for so long, and they've continued to support us. That's why we're here doing this podcast right now. Um, Everett Super Seats is another sponsor that Chad Beery has always pushed for me. Uh, there's just been a lot. I mean, Keith St. Owens has helped out a lot over the years with uh, wetsuits and barefooting and it's just the same kind of stuff. So um, I'm sure I'm missing some, but I'm just kind of riding high. On That's all right, my friend. That's <laughs> so. it. All right, John, um, social media, YouTube, email, phone number, <laughs> Tinder, sponsors, whatever it is, give it all you to us. You can find me on Tinder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Swipe, uh, right. Everything you can find me is uh, if you do uh, forward slash uh, John Hale on YouTube, you can find me at John Hale on Instagram, at John Hale on Twitter. It's all the same. That's J O H N H A I L E. Um, big shout out to uh, O'Brien Water Sports for uh, all the years of uh, support. My family and friends, thank you all for uh, being who you are and helping me uh, do what I love to do. And uh, big shout out to my new sponsor, uh, Dripco Shades. Uh, for uh, hooking me up with some sunglasses, uh, and uh, really appreciate you guys as well. Yeah, so one thing too, um, Sanger Boats has been a big part of my last career in the last couple of years, and I can't believe I didn't say them when I originally was talking about this, but Scott Pelleton and everyone at Sanger Boats has been huge supporting me and what I'm doing, and I can't be, I couldn't be happier with any other boat company. I love, I love everything about what they do and stuff. So if you guys are looking for a new boat, uh, we got, we got a new rep down here in Orlando. If you're up in the central area or the west coast, we have dealers across, you know, the Midwest and uh, the west coast. And if you know a dealer out in the east coast that 
is looking for a new boat line, we'd love to we'd love to explore that. So very good. Let's get out. Scott Pelton on the podcast. Oh, I know. I want and he does he still hold the record for fastest barefooter? Yes, there is some debate there. I right. know, and um, I'm not. We don't need to get into that. But he still <laughs> does hold the record. I think a hundred and th- almost 138 miles an hour, 137 oh miles an hour word. barefoot. And one question: Why? <laughs> why? That was <laughs> because that was his stories. And if we could somehow make that happen, that would be such a great podcast. I just listened to your Ron Scarpa podcast, and that was that one was a really good podcast. And it reminded me a lot. I could just see the same. The same thing with Scott. If you could, the, the way Ron told his stories, and the way Scott tells his stories, like I was like, oh man, that'd be so good. He's he's been a great guy, and he's a you know, just a legend in the barefoot world, and in the water ski world in my eyes. And yeah, very good, cool. very good. Thank you for Tom, having us. Yeah, in, Tom Cole, John Hill, you guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Dan. Yo, thank you guys so much. I'm trying to like. I'm, I'm like really quickly here brainstorming in my head. I believe this is like episode 136 or 135. So for John, this one's for you. Episode 135. Thanks you guys for keeping it alive. Ah, he <laughs> makes a rhyme every time. That's it. That's all, folks. Guys, Tom Cole, John Hale. I'm Daniel Lamano. It's the Golden Mike Podcast. Hang tight. We'll be right back, baby. Oh yeah. So for five plus years now, you've heard me talk all about Sea Deck Marine products and their un. Believable flooring solutions, but did you know that they do so much more than that? If you head over to cdeck.com, you'll see they've launched a new collaboration with Grundon's Fishing Apparel to create these awesome new deck sandals made from Cdeck's durable shock absorbent material. While you're already on the site, why not hit the custom tab and take a look at the interactive Cdeck certified locator map? To find the nearest CDEX certified fabricator or installer in your area. They have installers all over the world from coast to coast, the United States, all the way to the United Arab Emirates. So it doesn't matter where you're located, a certified CDEX installer will come to you and create a custom flooring job to your exact specifications. It doesn't get more convenient or custom than that, my friends. It's time to give your boat what it deserves, and your boat deserves SeaDack. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. I hope you guys enjoyed part one of Kneeboard Mania 2020 with Tom Cole and John Hale. We actually got to record this episode outside of the home and inside of the boat of legendary kneeboard pioneer Teddy B. Ted Bevilacqua. While I was there, I was hoping to get out on the boat and out on the water to watch the dude shred, but the winds were just too strong, so we decided to record an episode inside the boat as well. I'm so glad we did, and right after I got done talking with these guys, I just had to hear more, so I recorded with the legend himself, so stay tuned for our next episode, the interview with Teddy B. It's coming out soon. I tell you guys, being down in Orlando for the Step Up Productions All-Star Wakeboard Rail Jam at Thornton Park 
has been nothing but a blessing. Not only did I get to announce an awesome rail jam that coincided with the Hullabaloo Outdoor Music Festival. Big shout outs to all the guys who performed and drove up from down south, the Miami crew from uh, Miami Water Sports Complex, Max Evans and his guys, Cody Hess, Garrett Coleman, the Harris Twins, uh, brothers Brandon and Josh, that's who I'm talking about. Go check those guys out on, on Instagram. The Rail Jam got to serve as the opening act for the legendary bands Eve Six and Sugar Ray. That's right, I said legendary. That was something I never thought I'd get to be a part of, but it was pretty sick being the opener. And since I was already down there, I figured I'd use this time to shake things up a little bit and record some more episodes with a diverse lineup of podcast guests from all across the water sports industry. So a lot of really cool stuff for you guys to look forward to coming up right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. I also got to use my time down in Orlando. Uh, One of my favorite things in the world to do is to go hunting for some vintage water skis. And as some of you already know, I'm an avid collector of a lot of things, but mostly old school water ski My house and my office is filled with them. I repurpose them as our official trophies for events like Feed on Fire South and Feed on Fire North and Twin Lakes Corn Fest. Uh, And the annual Twin Lakes Corn Fest just happens to be coming up August 14th and 15th. That's like seven months away, but hey. It's out on beautiful Lake Mary in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. It's going to be the third year in a row. There will be two full days of water skiing and wake sports action, demos, live music, and the best of it all, unlimited corn. It's all included in the price of admission. This is fixing to be the biggest and best one yet, so you don't want to miss out. If you're interested in helping out, competing, or you just want to learn more about the event, head over to tlcornfest.com. If you want to know where to find me, I'm heading to Lake Tahoe, California at the end of this month for the 2020 WSIA Water Sports Industry Summit. I'll be emceeing the Leadership Awards Ceremony as well as the 2019 Wakeboarding Hall of Fame induction ceremony as that goes down. As some of you remember, Hall of Fame ceremony was originally supposed to be held at the Surf Expo back in September of 2019 in the Alliance Wake booth, but it got rescheduled due to a nasty hurricane that I'm not sure even happened here in Orlando, so we were so lucky for that. Uh, Unfortunately, again, we did miss out on the ceremony and the Wake Awards. And Surf Expo in general. Wake Awards is posted up online. Make sure you guys go check that out. Finally, we'll be able to honor all these amazing athletes at the end of February. So that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. After that, I'm immediately flying back from sunny, snowy Tahoe, California to the chilly, icy Midwest for the Wisconsin Water Ski Federation's Think Tank Water Ski Convention and Expo in the Wisconsin Dells. We are going to be displaying there for Twin Lakes Corn Fest. I'm also going to be hosting my own breakout session on trick skiing and wake sports along with Wake Responsibly. Then I'll be back in Florida on March 12th for the Ron John's Surf Shop Beach and Boards Fest in Cocoa Beach. I'll be announcing the annual Billabong Rail Jam with Step Up Productions right there behind the world-famous Ron John's Surf Shop. Finally, closing out the month of March, I'll be here in Florida for the Orlando Boat Show, where I'll be given another breakout seminar about Central Florida Wake Sports events 
etiquette and responsibly with four-time X Games gold medalist Danny Harf. Thank you guys all for listening. An enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, Centurion Boats, Active Water Sports, WSIA, Roswell Marine, Boulder Boats, Masterline, O'Brien, Ledwake, Slingshot, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlite, and GoPuck. Behind the scenes, a big special thank you to Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shevashevich on copy, and Rich Walsh on sound. Thank you so much to Tom Cole. Thank you so much to John Hale. Everybody follow those guys and check out what they're up to. That's it. That's all for me, folks. Just a reminder, you can follow me on Facebook, the Golden Mike Podcast, on Instagram at D-A-N-O-T-M-A-N-O, at Dano T. Mano, and the T stands for the. You can message me there or at Golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com. I want to hear from you guys. I want to thank you guys all for tuning in and listening. As always, I am the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time right here, once again, on the Golden Mike Podcast.